From the heart of Room Terror, this is League of Legends Radio with your host, Ponderous Sea Lion. Hello, Summoners, and welcome back to another episode of League of Legends Radio. I'm your host, Ponderous Sea Lion, and uh, I went to a LAN tournament the last weekend, and I got uh, fourth. I think we should have gotten second personally, but um, what happened was the uh, it was an ELO balance tournament, so like they tried their best to get everyone on the uh, on the same on teams that would be roughly evenly matched against each other. I mean, you know that can only go so far when you have a limited number of people to pick from, uh, varying all the way from bronze to diamond. Actually, I think there are a couple master people there. Uh, but what happened was the team had three platinums and a gold and a bronze. But the gold player his uh, had like a 90% win rate in ranked. And he just never played ranked games. He only played normals. But he was probably better than me. I mean, as a gold 5 player. And there's no way to calculate for that. And so his team just absolutely steamrolled everyone. But what happened was his... Uh, the way that his pool ended up working, or that team's pool ended up working out, was um, two teams were 2-0. and oh. It was a, a four-team pool, and everyone would play everyone one time. And uh, two teams in his pool were 2-0, and oh, so they after the second game, they knew they were moving on, so they just trolled and played shit like Urgot in the... Uh, the third or yeah, their third game of their pool, so they lost, even though they were the better team by far. Uh, they actually played the same team and clean swept them easily in the finals. But if they had, we went three and zero in our pools, and if we if they hadn't trolled and they'd been three zero, we wouldn't have gotten seated against them for semifinals, and we would have played. Uh, we would have, I think, beaten any other team in the tournament except for them. But them trolling got us seated against them, and they kind of stomped us, and it was. It was pretty sad, and then we just didn't care because the prizing was the same for third and fourth place, and I played like Udir when I had just been playing OP stuff like Amumu and Hecarim the whole time. Amumu's actually really good. I've been really surprised, but he's actually super good right now, I think. You guys should all try him out. And don't buy the shitty Runic Echoes build or whatever the item's called. Buy, buy Cinder Hulk and try to get uh, to 40% CDR. That's how you play Amumu. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't buy him AP. Don't buy AP on him. That's garbage. Except for like Rylize and maybe Proto Belt if you're feeling spicy. But other than that, stick to tank. Anyways, uh, so this week I want to talk about the new champion release and uh, what it says about our community and what it is symbolic of and what we and comparing it to things that we have seen in the past with uh, champions that are released in a. Uh, to put this lightly, similar state as Ivor. <laughs> and uh, kind of just looking back and predict my predictions for what Ivern will do, whether he'll make waves in the uh, in the pro scene or not. So stick around uh, for that. Alright guys, so this week I want to talk about Ivern. And uh, I guess to uh, put some fears at rest, or I guess to just address this, no, I don't think he's that good. In general, yes, he's trash right now, but what he represents is something that 
has reoccurred every time new champions come out. And it's uh, win rate is trash. Everybody writes them off. People actually learn how to play them and th- and how to build them and how their itemization and all that stuff works. Win rate shoots up. It you know shoots up like a like a sprout. <laughs> I should not be doing that. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm alive. But um, yeah, I it it's just really really funny to me that people are so bad at recognizing these kinds of patterns and that i mean i'm not going to say everyone cuz obviously some people have recognized that like yeah champions a lot of champions have shit win rates when they come out and then they you know get better and better and better the longer that they're out sometimes to the point i mean a lot of the times riot does help with numbers but then sometimes it can happen like with talia where Talia ends up being ridiculously good after some number changes, like 54% win rate kind of good, and then they have to tone her back down. But the three most recent examples that I can think of are all champions that, maybe for different periods of time, but all became staples in professional League of Legends play and came out fairly recently, within the last two seasons, I want to say. And uh, the first of those is going to be Gnar. And... If you got NAR came out quite a while ago. I think about 2 years ago NAR came out. I could be wrong, but it was around there. And NAR if you guys remember when he first came out, he a lot of people were buying like AD on him. Stuff like uh Triforce, uh Blade of the Ruined King. Uh some people would even build him as an AD carry. Uh I mean, I never really thought that build was good. <laughs> um but these builds it took people a while to realize that that's just not how you build Nar. That you t- typically build him almost entirely tank, with maybe like a black cleaver thrown in there. Uh, this was before the uh, frozen mallet meta, long time before the frozen mallet meta. Uh, that's been a fairly recent development in his uh, itemization, mostly happening within this season. But his win rate when he first came out, like I, I literally the day after he came out, people were asking Riot for buffs, and I saw that on the forums and. He's been out for a day. Please give it a little bit of time before you start calling the champion shit and before you start calling it terrible. Like, just give it some time. And nobody seems to remember that these champions that are now considered awesome picks are used to be considered trash and used to be, you know, horrible and looked down upon. And people would say, uh... I remember a lot of pro players saying Nar will never be, or it's unlikely that Nar will ever be a competitive pick because his transform mechanic is too unreliable, and it just doesn't doesn't work for a competitive, you know, stage and competitive champion. And then here we are. Nar's played more than almost any top lane. Probably has been played more than almost any top laner in the last two years. Um, I, if you're a big LCS buff. That could be completely wrong, but it always seems like Nar. Not always, but Nar always seems like a solid pick. I just said always again. I'm an idiot. Um, but Nar generally fits into most team comps and most metas as a really solid, engaged type top laner, and he's almost never bad. Like there are almost always a lot worse options that you can go with with Nar. But he started out with a sub 40 win rate when he first came out. And people were calling him bad, and people were saying Riot 
what is this piece of garbage champion that she released and not realizing that he would actually become one of the strongest champions that they have released in recent memory. <laughs> and it just, yeah. anyways, that's all I'm going to say on NAR. Uh, moving on to more recent, actually the subject of the first episode of League of Legends Radio that none of you are going to go watch because it's bad, uh, where Bard had first come out and, uh, that's how long we've been doing this for, since the same time, around since when Bard came out. It might have been the second episode, actually. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But um, Bard was also, I, I believe, in the sub-40 win right club. Now, Bard is a ridiculously hard champion, and it took people a long time, longer than it takes to figure out most champions, for people to figure out all of his tricks, like where are the optimal places to put his uh, tunnels, what kind of shenanigans can you do with his tunnels, what are the good AD carries that are paired with him in lane? Um, what kind of ganks can you set up with his E? What's the optimal way to use your ultimate? That was a big one. <laughs> um, what is the best way to use your Q? Like there was the, there's, of course, the trick with going through your tunnel and then sending your Q so that they'll be stunned as soon as they land. You know, I mean, obviously, if some people figured that out pretty quickly, but it did take some time for that to become, you know, popularized as just yeah that's a typical bard um you know mechanic and again most of these champions did receive some numerical buffs but when typically when people say that a new champion is trash they say the new champion is trash not you know it kind of in the same way that they say warwick is trash um that their kit is just inherently not good and for a lot of these champions, that just proved to simply be not the case. Like, Warwick is trash. And really, short of making him broken or releasing a new Feral Flare, nothing is really going to make Warwick a good pick. And nothing is going to make him good in League of Legends. And, uh, you know, besides a rework or his itemization becoming extremely broken on itself. Because when you know when these attack speed jungle items are super in meta warwick becomes popular for three patches then riot shuts it down and he goes back into never being played ever and i've seen that happen several times every time they released a new iteration of the jungle item with the exception of the new one it's the same story every time even from the beginning i thought that bard's kit had a lot of and a lot of people thought that bard's kit had tons of playmaking potential and thought that he was a cool champion and they were glad that Riot had released him and that they thought he was really interesting and wanted to see him played a lot in the competitive stage. And uh, the other camp of people just said that Bard was no good and that he's the worst champion that Riot has released in a long time, blah, 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 blah. Well, we see where that ended up. Bard is now one of the undisputed best supports in the game and has been the king of support for a long time. Um, I think for a long time, Thresh was probably the best support in the game because he's ridiculous, but he was ridiculous when he was released. Actually needed a lot of nerfs after he's released. He's one of the most nerfed champions, I believe, to date. He's gotten a lot of nerfs, and most of them were very well deserved. Um, and the next example, the most recent example that I have is Talia, and Talia... I was actually one of the people, and I'm ashamed to admit it, but I actually thought that Talia would never be that good. And then I got full comboed by a Talia one time, and I was like, what the fuck just happened to my health bar? 
And after that moment, when I got one shot by Atalia, I was like, okay, maybe this champion's actually pretty good. And this, and then Riot gave her some buffs. People actually learned how to use her wall to roam and her Q to push out the lane. People learned her play patterns. People got better at her. And now, and then for a long time, she's not that good anymore after the most recent nerf to her um, Q's minion wave clear because she used to just be able to throw her Q at the wave, instantly push it, and then go roam with her ultimate. This is a very powerful combo, and after they nerfed that, she has her win rate dropped significantly, and there are some other nerfs, um, and she is not played as frequently now, and I don't think she's played in competitive anymore. But again, with small number tweaks and a little bit of help from Riot, a champion who people thought was terrible became a contested pick in the LCS, especially um, as well as the fact that she counters... LeBlanc, which is a champion that mages traditionally have trouble against. Syndra and Talia and Lissandra are all really good picks into LeBlanc, and they've also seen a lot of competitive play for that reason, because putting something into a lane with LeBlanc shows a certain amount of... You have to show a certain amount of caution with that, because LeBlanc is one of those champions that can get solo kills on the competitive stage. It's, it's rare, but she can run away with games, even you know, on the big stage, and teams have to prepare for that, and that's one of the reasons why Talia was so good, plus her roaming ability, which I already went over. Basically, what I'm saying is that give Ivern a chance. <laughs> he might not be in the best place right now. He might have a 36% win rate and a 32% win rate as a support. I don't know why you'd play him support. I think he sucks support like that, I believe, but I, I just don't get why or if you're gonna play him support at least take smite and counter jungle the enemy and stick like an eight an ezreal in your lane so he can just farm under turret anyways moving on <laughs> um people are not willing to give ivern the chance but one thing that can make or break champions is uniqueness of their kits and ivern is definitely an extremely unique champion which with uniqueness it typically either means they're gonna fit into no team comps or they're going to have strengths that no other champion has. And there's going to be very specific reasons for teams to pick them. And that makes them that alone makes them a good pick. And I think that Ivern, with his ridiculous counter jungle potential and with his ability to control neutral objectives, I think he could be a really good champion to have on your team as a support style jungler. I mean... His ganks, you know, they're not the best, but they're definitely not bad, and he's got a hard CC. He's got a root. <laughs> I don't know if Riot did that intentionally, but I think they did. But, I mean, he's got a root in his kit, and, I mean, I, I just don't think that he's that bad. Maybe he will stay bad. Maybe I'll be wrong. And, you know, maybe he won't be a picked in competitive, but he'll actually become a somewhat viable solo queue pick. We'll see. Um, But I just think that there are a lot of good reasons to pick Ivern or things that he does well that other champions don't do. He's great at tower diving with Daisy. Um that helps a lot. I think that the I think that currently the best build from what I've seen is the Cinder Hulk build where you get tanky uh rather than like a full AP build. I don't think that's very good personally. But um maybe like tanky with like a proto belt or something. I don't know uh exactly what it would look like, but something like that. Uh 
but give Ivern some time. Give him like three or four patches. I'm sure Riot will give him some love next patch and buff him up a little bit and try to get him into a better a better spot than he is in right now. But I mean, for all the people complaining that he sucks, if he came out and he was broken, you guys would be complaining a lot harder. I much prefer this kind of release where uh, the champion comes out, not everybody's not really sure what they're doing with them. Uh, the champion's maybe on the weak side, and then Riot buffs it up. People learn how to play it, and then the win rate normalizes out to 50. That's a lot better than, holy shit, this new champion is broken and is going to be broken for the next six months. Riot, what the fuck are you doing? I really prefer this kind of release because you can always choose not to play the champion if it's going to be a hindrance to your team. But you can't always choose to not play against the champion that's broken because with all the dumb shit in the game right now that needs to get banned, uh, Nidalee, Elise, Graves, Yasuo, uh, all the other ones, there's a bunch of them, Janna, Hecarim, there's just a bunch of stuff that needs to get banned, and, you know, the new champion might not always be on that, the most annoying list, and, like, if you guys remember Rek'Sai when she first came out, and people were buying Hydra, Triforce, and other AD items, and just insta-giving people, it was not a good time, and that, that kind of release is, I find, a lot more painful and stressful than releasing a bad champion and then it's kind of like an underdog story and then when you finally get to see them picked in competitive it's like wow they did it what a successful champion release whereas if everyone hates the champion the second that it comes out it's like you don't feel any like sense of satisfaction seeing them get played or you don't feel anything for the champion and you don't want to ever see the champion again i don't know i feel like the community in general just reacts better to weak champion releases that we as people much prefer that to the strong champion releases and the ridiculous champion releases. And a lot of the lowest win rate champions are the ones with unique mechanics. I mean, Bard has a ton of unique me mechanics and a minigame. Got to include the minigame. <sighs> they do need to cut their shit with the minigame fat, though. I do not want another goddamn minigame. Kindred, Bard, bullshit. I don't want that. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Nar has his unique trans like other champions transform yeah no shit but Bar our Nars is very unique. Uh, Talia's ultimate is a unique mechanic. There's just these champions have oftentimes something different about them, and like I said, that can make or break a champion. Like either you're never gonna want them, or they can become an extremely valuable pick that can do things no other champion can. And I think in the case of Ivern, like I said, it's going to be the latter. I think that he... I think it's going to come down to his counter-jungling and neutral game control. I think that those two things are going to be the biggest because... Especially if... Um, like if blue... Uh, people are going to have to buy a lot of blue trinkets against them. And when people are buying blue trinkets, it's a lot easier to deny vision against them. But you're... If you're against an Ivern, you're going to always need to have a blue trinket up to see if they're taking a neutral objective in his bushes. Um, and if you don't have one up, then you have to send someone over there. And, you know, you might have no idea where they are. He might have built a ton of brush up and you might not know where his team is, which patch of brush they're all waiting to jump on you in. And so I think that Ivern is just going to excel in the vision game. And I think that um, Ivern players might also buy Sightstone. That's... Uh, 
that's kind of a thing that's gone a bit out of style recently with the uh, addition of the warding, um, the warding smite that, that kind of went out of style a bit. But you could either get that or you could, you know, buy the sight stone, be more of a, a legitimately be like a support type champion because I think that's where he's going to shine. I don't think you pick Ivern because you want to do damage. <laughs> uh, maybe something like if you want some damage, stick a Rylize on him for the slow because Daisy procs Rylize, which is really good actually. And his, I don't know this for sure. I don't think it does, but his auto attacks when he's in the bush because they get that special stuff might proc Rylize, but I don't know. I don't think that's how it works, but it just, from what I know about stuff like that, it might proc Rylize. There's a small chance, but um, yeah. Like I said, don't write off Ivern. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe he'll stay garbage. <coughs> Expect his win rate within the next two weeks to get up to at least 46 or 47%, though. I mean, if you're picking Ivern right now, you probably suck at him, and you're probably just going to cause yourself to lose. <laughs> but, I mean, I've seen him win in high elo. I think it was Dominate that dominated a game <laughs> that actually won as Ivern and had a really good score. So I don't know guys, just give it some time. Um we've seen this exact scenario before. Let's not act like this is anything new or that Riot has lost their minds and doesn't know what they're doing. Uh a lot of the times it seems like that, but this is just not one of them. So let's actually call them crazy when they deserve to be called crazy and uh not at any other times. But yeah. I'm interested to see what he does. I think he's kind of a, an interesting new champion. And, I mean, I want to see him get played in competitive. I want to see how teams play around, you know, the new stuff and how they adapt to new champions. Although, I guess it'll be a long time before we actually see him get played in competitive because Worlds is, you know, going on right now. <sighs> Everyone give C9 your energy. And uh, let's see if Jensen claps crown this next weekend. <laughs> The way that he clapped Faker. XD. That just about wraps it up for this episode of League of Legends Radio. I am your host, Ponderous Sea Lion. Uh, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at LO Legends Radio. Uh, you can always send me emails, add me in game, Ponderous Sea Lion at Gmail, or just Ponderous Sea Lion in game. It's, you know, the standard stuff that you hear me say a million times. Or 65 times now, I guess. <laughs> but um, as always, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll catch you on the flippity-flop. This has been League of Legends Radio.